The face of Latina professionals propels women of color to reach their highest potential through education, community, and self-development. Join us as we come together to provide a platform for Latina voices to connect and be heard on the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. Today, I'm joined by Samantha Alvarez. Samantha, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. No, it is a pleasure and it's been a pleasure getting to know you and we actually met at a Latina Expo, mm -hmm. so not too long ago. Exactly. But now, um, tell me a little bit about where you grew up and uh, how you identify with being Latina. Yes, so I um, am from Chicago, Chicago native, born and raised. I um, grew up in the Humble Park and Hermosa uh, neighborhoods here in the city, um, and I still currently live in Hermosa. Um, and uh, I am a proud uh, Puerto Rican Honduran uh, woman. My father um, grew up, I mean, my father is from Chicago, but my grandparents came from, from Puerto Rico. Um, my mom is from Honduras, um, came, to, came, to the, came to the States in the late 80s, and uh, yeah, just proud to be a Chicago native and a Chicago Latina and just, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and as we were talking um, just about the way that we grew up culturally, you know, being from Chicago is, is kind of a, the first thing, right, mm -hmm. that, that you identify with. And then the second thing is the people that, you know, your family that you surround yourself with. Um, and for you, it was the Puerto Rican side of the family, Absolutely, right? yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, so so embedded as like we had spoken, right? Um, you know, just growing up in Humble Park and um, having the majority of my father's family here um, in Chicago, I completely just grew up with the Puerto Rican culture and just really had that just really be so much part of my identity growing up for so long. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I love that side of my culture and I love um, also just what it means to be a Chicago Puerto Rican, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's 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 different from being a New York Rican or just like growing anywhere else up in the States, right? Like so Chicago Puerto Ricans, you know, we're a specific breed. Um, and so I, you know, really being proud to just having grown up in that area, went to school, um, grammar school in the area, um, and just uh, really having that be a part of my culture. But, you know, as, as you know, we had last spoken, um, you know, just really growing into later into my life, you know, just really embracing my Honduran side and just really um, coming, just really getting to know what that side looked like, um, having traveled to Honduras in my teen years and uh, really fully embracing that. So I, I just love both aspects of my culture and just really fully identifying as a Puerto Rican and a Honduran Latina. Yeah, no, and, and you had mentioned that you had, when you went to Honduras, it was, you were 17. I was 17. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was the first time you'd even met some of your family, right? It was my first time and it was, uh, it was so just, endearing just so heartwarming just to be able to meet tias and tios and just to see where my mom grew up and just to be able to just to tour the country and just experience just what Honduras is and and yeah. and just you know obviously having heard of Honduras and growing up but just like really being able to experience it and seeing the beauty in the country it's a small country um but um but uh, there's a lot of beauty in Honduras, and so just really being able to see, and, and there's so much to it too. Like the, you have, you have a uh, his, historic, you have cultural, you have the Mayan ruins there, you have, you know, a beach there, you have. Uh, um, Tegucigalpa really reminds me a lot of DF, like mm. with the clima, like it really, it really does remind me a lot of it. Um, so you have like that aspect, like that very, you know, 
spring primavera like climate, right? And then you've got the south, which is where my mom is from, and so just very tropical, hot. So you 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 get a lot. You there's there's a lot in Honduras, and so it was really a blessing just for me to be able to experience that and, and just see another part, just to see where I'm from. Yeah, no, and and one of the things that you had mentioned too is how uh, going there, uh, speaking Spanish, mm -hmm. and, and you were there for a month. Yep. But that a lot of how you really formally learned Spanish was uh, in high school, right? High school, yeah. yes. And, and, so, and I would love for you to tell me just a little bit about that in terms of the relationship you had to the language. Yeah. Because um, your mom is an immigrant, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But growing up here, it's just really easy to speak English like, in, like, everywhere you go. Absolutely. And I'm sure your mom did too. You probably spoke to her in English. Oh, yeah. And, and she totally yeah. responded to yeah. me back in Spanish, you know, yeah. exactly. And so that's, you know, that's exactly how we communicated, you know. And so um, with that, uh, yeah, having grown up, I mean, obviously English was my first language growing up and of course having understood um having understood spanish um and so you know i remember like times where i would like try to speak spanish with my mom and she would like correct me and be like oh like you know this the the competitive side of me and be like oh i want to get this right um but it wasn't until i got into high school i, I went to lane you yeah. know i shared that with you I went to lane tech and um i uh i took an ap spanish class um and it was really because of my ap spanish teacher um she really just broke it down for me and just in a way where i'm like wow i am I can say that I am proud to be fluent in Spanish and to really speak Spanish in a way that's academic. Um, mm. And and also to be able to kind of, uh, you know, play into just like, you know, the colloquialisms of, you know, Puerto Rican, you know, just like things that are said in, in Puerto Rico, in Honduras, and even in Mexico, because we have such a rich Mexican culture here in Chicago and having grown up around a lot of individuals who are Mexican and stuff. And so really adopting some of those, right. um, you know, aspects of the language. So it's like a triad of just like how my, my Spanish is just like really just like um, evolved, you know, just like really taking on these things. But it was because of my Spanish teacher in high school that I, yeah. I give her so much credit um, for just really helping me to, to become fluent in the language. So I, I so much gratitude to her for that. That's beautiful. And, and it's honestly cool to hear. I don't know if I've really... Um, appreciated the word Latina so much as hearing your own story, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, being Latina is really is this embodiment of all these different cultures and to be here in the United States and it, I, for a lot of the immigrant women um, that, that I, we've spoken to on the, on the podcast, it's that they'd never heard the word Latina mm. before coming to the United States, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. it's, it's like wherever you are, you're just Mexican, you're just Puerto Rican, exactly. you're just Honduran, right? Um, but for you, not only having these two other cultures and, and then the third, which is being in the United States, being from Chicago, but then also being around just Mexican, right? right? There's yeah. so many of, yes. of us yes. that, that uh -huh. we're like, it, it's hard not to adopt some of those it's things, so right? Mm -hmm. and, and And just for you kind of growing up and where you're at now, because I'd love to talk about some of those things that you're involved with, um, you know, different organizations, Mm -hmm. uh, your career path so a lot of those things that you're doing how how did that identity in being latina growing up for you really pave the path to where you're at right now because that i mean yeah just like what was it like for you identifying as like when did you really start to identify with being latina mm -hmm. what did that mean to you what does it mean to you now and how is that guided your path totally um you know having been raised in a predominantly latino community humble park right specifically puerto ricans right? right so embedded in me right my father is a musician i don't think we covered that when <laughs> no. when we spoke mom and so my father was the one in humble park playing the salsa music super loud you know he's a flautist um self-taught and so it just was so embedded in, in me I, I you know i'll share you a story because music is definitely such a huge part of me growing up when i was five years old <clears throat> My father, he had music playing on in the background, and it's a 
beautiful memory that I have. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to like speak this into, you know, just to see if, you know, maybe one day this will happen for me just to give thanks to this person who you'll, who you'll hear. But um, he had music playing in the background and it was uh, Gloria Estefan. Mm. And it was my first encounter with just like really like hearing music and Latin music. And when like I heard Gloria Estefan just singing, it just like blew my mind. I just, I was like, I fell in love. I was like, <gasps> it just, I fell in love with just the music, just the, just, just all of it. Right. And so I'm praying one of these days I get to meet Gloria Estefan and just say, you are the reason why I fell in love with music because I, it just was such like, that was probably like the first connection point for me to really embrace and identify like I am a Latina. And so, again, having been raised in, again, in, in Humble Park, right, predominantly Puerto Rican community, um, it just was something just was so embedded just in me and just continuing in, into this trajectory. It's so funny. I remember a friend that I had in high school. She was like, Samantha, you're so smart. And, and you're, you're, you, you, you are the type of person where you can have such an intelligent conversation with. But at the end of the day, like, you'll switch out out of the flip of a hand and be like, hey, coño, como tu? Like, you know, and it's like, that is so me. It's so true. You know, it's just so, um, you know. I, I fully embrace my Latinidad and just who I am as a Latina, and, and it's it's it, it goes with me wherever I go. And I'm I'm so proud of my culture, so proud of my heritage, and just to be a Latina. And it's uh, you know, and I've found myself in spaces where you know I am the only Latina. So it's it's a hat that I wear proudly, but also um, it's also something where I'm like I really want to you know break the mold because we're growing and we're, we're, we're coming up. Latinas are, we're on the rise. And so just absolutely. Yeah. It's the most progressive subculture there is in terms of education and, you know, people going from uh, not having degrees to having degrees, you know, being in positions of leadership, exactly. executive roles, you know, the, the business world, right. It's evolving a lot, but it's still a long way to go. Yes. I mean, there is that. And, and you're making a big difference and, and, and doing what you do also, but Talk to me just the, the professional path you took because you went the nonprofit route. I did. And, and, and yeah, just tell me about that yeah. before we get into um, your CEO-ness. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, I also, and I take that, that's, you know, humbly, you know, this title that I have. But anyway, um, my venture into nonprofits. Um, so my mother, she works for a, she's a Spanish teacher at a, um, at a local uh, elementary charter school in Humble Park, in the Humble Park community. She's worked there for years. I was in college. And uh, I needed a job. And so, um, you know, she where she worked at, there was a, a nonprofit that they were kind of like a sister organization. And so um, she was like, hey, they're hiring for somebody in this. It's an assistant position, you know, try and apply and go for it. So I was like, OK, I had administrative experience. I said, why not? I'll apply to it. Um, they went with another candidate at, at, you know, when I first applied. But then they called me back and were like, hey, actually, we want to hire you and I was like okay great and so it was my first eye into the world of excuse me nonprofit management and so I was a development assistant that was my title at the organization at my first job and I really just came to learn just like the world of nonprofits of you know and I'm in college I'm trying to figure out like I know I want to help people I know that that's what I want to do but what do what exactly do I want to do I'm a people person I want to help people so my first degree was in social my 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 concentration was in sociology, but it was like, I want something more practical. I want something that I can really use to be hands-on, not to have it something be theoretical, but practical, right? And so I took the social work path and it just kind of like married together where I'm like, here I am in this nonprofit space and, and the nonprofit that I was at um, 
strong Latina leader. Um, mm. And so, you know, she's definitely someone that I really look to um, in terms of just uh, what I aspire to in leadership. And, and, you know, and so it was, again, my first just view of just like, wow, just seeing a strong, prominent Latina woman leading an organization for an organization that served predominantly Latinos. And so um, that's how I got started into nonprofits. And from there, I just continue building on. have my degree, my master's in social work. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Um, and my, but my concentration um, is in leadership and development and social services. And so while I didn't go the clinical route, um, and I have some clinical experience, um, but working on the back ends of fundraising, of, you know, administration, of, um, you know, just what it essentially means to run a nonprofit, right? Which is a business, right? But it's, you know, it's, it's run like a business, even though it's like a nonprofit, but just like really understanding what that looks like. And it kind of just kind of people that that come into fundraising, they're like, no one ever goes into fundraising thinking that they're going to go into development work or fundraising. You kind of just fall into it. And the same happened with me and um, going on over 10 years doing this work. And, and I really love it. That's amazing. Looking back as as you went through all those different points in your journey, right? What what is the biggest I think takeaway that you could offer up as advice to others, um, other Latinas especially, right? But that they're 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 on that path or they come from the same places, you know, they identify with those things, but maybe don't have a clear, you know, vision of where their life is taking them and, and how to get there, regardless of where you're at, whether you're a young student or whether you're, you know, been in the same job career for your whole life. Like yeah. how how do you make that 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 path or that you know create that path for yourself yeah. where you can see something different and brighter and better for sure i think one being true to yourself is key um and following your passions following your dreams i um i know i shared this with you um having i had a conversation with my sister a couple of days ago and thinking like oh had i had taken the nonprofit route or the for-profit route you know what would that have looked like and and for me I just knew that I wanted to help people and mm-hmm. that's just so my heart and just really wanting to help people and to grow, right? And so really one being true to who you are and yourself and that's going to lead into what you're trying to do and 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 life will have a way of kind of putting you in place with where you're supposed to go, but it takes work as well, right? Yeah. And so um it's not just going to just fall and just like drop for you. You've got to put in the work too get to where you want to go. And so um, I will say, you know, identify for for young Latina professionals that are figuring out what they're trying to do. Um, find your niche. Like, what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you want to do? And then find opportunities to to to, to network, to grow. I, I'm, I'm a very social person. I'm an extrovert. So obviously talking to people comes very easily to me, but that doesn't come easily to everyone, right? And so I would encourage people where I'm like, well, that's not my personality. That's like, you know, try to put yourself out there, put yourself in positions where you can network, where you can get to know people, people in your field. And And it doesn't hurt, like, you know, if there's someone that, you know, you, 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 you look up to that you're like, man, I I really want to get to know, ask just, you know, what's the worst they can say? No. And that's something that I've had to tell myself where it's like, you know, just ask, put yourself out there and you know, where one door closes, another one will open. Right. And so, and just really trusting, um, that, the trajectory of your life, you know, things will work its way as long as you put in the work as well. So those are, I guess, some tidbits of advice that I could give, you know, really putting in the work, following your passions and really figuring out what is it that you want to do to make 
that impact and difference. Yeah, and you've put in the work for sure. I have. Yes, <laughs> I know? have. And it hasn't come easy though. Like no. uh, not, nothing in life is easy. Exactly. And, and you know, we we shared a lot of our, our common faith and mm-hmm. you know belief in yes. God. And, yes. Um, you know, through that also though, it it it. I think things were put into your life that you went through. Yes. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that, just overcoming some of the difficult yes. things in, in life, um, especially in relationships, 100%. right? And, and yeah. now that's also put you on a path where you are really uh, looking to give back to those women who have gone through things like domestic violence. Yes, right? so, exactly. Yeah. But just to share the, the overcoming of some of those things that you found yourself in, that you found yourself being um, a victim of, you know, I want to say like that, Necessarily that, that I will you say survivor, right? Yeah, you survivor. know, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, so that you've gone through, yes. but that, you know, share a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you said, life, nothing in life, you know, life is hard, right? And so, um, you know, for me, it's so interesting, like thinking back on like my education and my career trajectory. I, it took me eight years to finish my bachelor's degree, eight years. And because of that, I went through significant hardships. Um, I went through a lot in that time, which, you know, prevented that had me, you know, take as long as it did to finish my my bachelor's degree. And I will say this, I was able I almost paid up until my last year, I was able to pay everything out of pocket for my bachelor's degree. And so like where there's a will, there's a way. And when you're gonna, you know, and I think for me, like I just have a really tenacious spirit. My mom calls me the Ness because I, I don't give up. And so, um, and with that, but, you know, in terms like, again, it, had, it hadn't come easy. Um, you know, I grew up, um, and these are things that I'm just like unpacking, like even now, just like going through, just like really understanding the, the circumstances that I've gone through, right? Just having experienced domestic violence at home um, and just really seeing, you know, just the generational patterns and habits that, you know, really contributed to those circumstances that I had went through at home. Obviously, I grew up in a, in a household of faith in a Christian household, but you know that didn't that came with its own challenges, right? And and you know, culturally and just like other just just things that just really infiltrated that really impacted me uh, growing up. Um, and so, you know, having experienced that at home, it really it it, it I had to navigate through a lot. Um, And then um, found myself, um, you know, as a survivor of an intimate partner violence relationship. And so, you know, hindsight is always 20-20, right? You go into certain situations thinking that this is going to be, you know, the end all be all or you think that this is this is this is it right um but really taking your time to really get to know a person and to really understand who they are what makes them tick you know their their traumas their their experiences right and so um you know having experienced that situation specifically um and i and i'll, I'll get a little specific because i think that this it's it's becoming more prevalent nowadays just narcissistic abuse mm-hmm. um topics of gaslighting you know, these are really like key words that have been really popping up in the culture, you know, as of late, as of recent and um, things that I've definitely <clears throat> have had to navigate. Right. Having gone through a intimate partner uh, violence relationship that was, you know, narcissistic abuse, you know, and really having to educate myself and go to therapy. Right. And really understanding like why. <clears throat> why I fell into, you know, this situation in the first place, right? And and, and really doing the work and healing um, to get me <clears throat> to, to where I want to be. And so, you know, this theme of domestic violence is something that has um, surrounded my life um, and it's it's been prevalent in my life. Um, and uh, for me, 
you know, it's really taking my pain and turning it into purpose and really having that um, be the catalyst for me to champion women and to really encourage and really empower women that are in those situations that it's like, you can, you will overcome this. If I did it, you can do it too. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's my heart where I just really want to empower women that are in those situations to, you know, for them to just grow and, and really overcome their, their, those circumstances. No, and you're doing it through these organizations, yes. but also just the way you live your life, yes. right? As an example of that. And, exactly. You know, thank you for sharing that. I know that uh, it's never easy yeah. and, and, and sometimes it can become normalized and yes. you don't even know. So, you know, on that, when you encounter that or when um, you see that some a woman's going through that, right? Or men, I mean, whatever. Absolutely. It could be both. 100%. But how, how do you respond to that and how do you lean into that to where... Um, you know, you're, you're offering that kind of insight as to what, what could be the next step and how could you get out of this situation? You know, how, how do you handle those things that are very delicate? Um, I will say this. I, 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 compassion is, is important, right? Um, never to really shame the victim or, you know, because there's, if they're still in the situation, the right? Exactly, yeah. right? They, they, you move from victim to survivor, right? right? right. Um, but for the victim to really show compassion, um, there's a statistic that says, it takes a, an individual that's experiencing domestic violence. It takes them almost like six times. It, it, it's it's six to seven. I, I might be getting the math wrong on this, but almost seven times to leave a domestic violence relationship because of the constant push and pull and and trauma bonding and all of those things. Right? It, it's a it's a it's a, almost a it's a chemical connection that you bond, right, with this individual. And so compassion is huge. So really listen to the the survivor victim of, um, <clears throat> of what they're going through. And, of course, to offer resources to really encourage, empower, um, you know, and to meet them where they're at. And obviously, if they find themselves in situations that are harmful, you know, yeah. to really provide those um, resources and, and um, you know, just 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 whatever is made available so that way they can be safe. Um, but that's my approach, you know, when it comes to just meeting with women that, you know, specifically women, right, um, that, uh, that, are, that are experiencing yeah. domestic violence, yeah. No, and, and, and what an amazing story to have, though, of overcoming, right, and, and to say you're able to now to turn that, like you said, that pain into a purpose. Yeah. And beyond that, I'd love for you to tell me how you've then, you know, now for your own, you know, life and yeah. your own purpose, mm-hmm. I have really leaned into this thing that about your trip in 2022, just, you know, last year. Yeah. Medellin, mm-hmm. and, and you saw the sign. I saw the of, sign. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about this sign. Exactly. So last year I traveled to Medellin, Colombia with one of my best friends. And, um, you know, Shane and I, we were both kind of like going through it, just like it was the tail end of me coming out of this, you know, circumstance. Right. And um, <clears throat> for a while, it's, Something this this passion project, which is now forming into, I guess, my company, right? Mm-hmm. With what I'm building, um, had been something that I'd been wanting to do like during the pandemic, but I just never felt like not that I. It just, it's, I just needed that spark to just really like me to just keep this to, to move mm-hmm. it forward, right? And so, um, in the area where we were staying in Medellin. <clears throat> I had seen this uh, sign, and she and I we were just like talking about just like okay, like our paths, like what are our next steps moving forward when we come back home to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I had seen this sign and it said, Ask que te inspire, do what inspires you, right? And so the name of my company is called Inspirate. And it's a play on words of 
to inspire and to create. Um, so, inspirate in English, inspirate in Spanish. And so, um, and it's so interesting because, like, with ideating, inspirate, and coming up with the concept of it, right? It's like, I want to be able to inspire individuals. What inspires you? Do what inspires you. So, when I had seen this sign, Ask que te inspire, it was just like my sign, like, I'm called to do this. This is what I'm meant to do. And um, so funnily, like my the my my ex, he created this like business or whatever. And I was like, well, if you can do it and <laughs> you don't have half the smarts that I do not <laughs> gassing myself up. But I'm like, and if I'm an educated woman, I can do this and I can do this. So again, it just was the fuel that I needed to really be like, I'm going to go all in on this and really create and spray to have it be what I want it to be. So it was my sign to be like, okay, this is, now is the time. And now it is. So tell us what, what it is and what you do and how you help people through something very different, right? Exactly. That, yeah. yeah, it's a different um, a different trajectory from what this profit, this, this path of nonprofits that I've been yeah. taking, right? And so um, Inspirate is a marketing company. It's a marketing business. And so um, what I do is um, I support businesses, um, primarily small businesses to really help them to elevate their their reach to elevate what they currently have right that you have a business you have a, an idea you have this right you have this this thing that you want to build right so how can i help you to take that to the next level how can i help you to elevate it to grow um and to really um for individuals to really see that return on investment um, with what they're looking to do. And so um, my purpose is to really help them to ideate, to find ideas. Um, and and I'm a creative, and so it really gets my just creative juices flowing. It's so funny. I was telling a friend of mine, I don't know if you've ever heard of the show or seen the show called Emily in Paris. Mm. Um, and so, you know, she's this like master marketer and she finds herself in these situations. She's like, wait, we can do this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so Emily. Like that is so me. <laughs> and so, you know, I, 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 um, one of my best friends, she's a, um, an eyebrow artist and she, you know, she's like, how do I do this? How do I like, and I tell her, I give her all these ideas. She's like, I just love the way your brain works. I'm like, thank you. This is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a skill. It's a, it's a gift that, you know, I really didn't um, hone into, or I really didn't tap into until this whole, you know, situation came about. Right. And, um, it just really empowered me to really just like lean in on in these these skills that I have um, and to really, again, um, help other small businesses to just reach their dreams. And so this is it's like really marrying all of my gifts into one of business savvy of um, the creative piece. Right. Working in nonprofits. I'm a grant writer, you know, and so just like really building all these bringing bridging all these, you know, all, bringing all these skills together and just like kind of having it just be one thing and, uh, you know pushing it forward and just bringing it yeah that's amazing mm -hmm. and if you want to learn more about you or about um inspirate how can they find you online social media absolutely so we have a website inspiratemarketing.com i'm on social media on instagram inspirate marketing um and so yeah um that's how people can find me and get connected and i just you know again my my mission is to help and to serve that's the framework of who i am i truly believe in servant leadership 
And that's my approach when I work with clients and work with individuals. Um, one other aspect that I did want to um, mention that's part of what I do with Inspirate is I, um, you know, having done, non, you know, working in nonprofits, event planning is definitely something that's super huge in philanthropy work, right? And in, and in fundraising. And so um, I help to, um, I help build events to create exposure for small businesses um, and creating really just curated personal um uh, experiences where business owners are just able to market themselves, right? And so there's a lot of opportunity. I've been really connecting with the small business community here in Chicago and just going to different events and and really um, connecting with individuals to be like, okay, how can I help you? Would you want to participate as a vendor of my at my event? And so um, I hosted my first event in April, this past April. Thank you so much. It was in Logan Square. It was a really great time. I, I co-hosted it with um, my cousin who's a small business owner and she's really great at event planning. And so we had over 20 women, uh, small business owners um, present and it was just such a great time of connection. Um, and and it was, it was, it was just, it was great. And so um, I don't know, I don't, I, I, you know, I haven't mentioned this now, but uh, I sit on the um, Young Professional Advisory Council of Mujeres Latinas en Acción, and I'm one of the marketing co-chairs for the council. And so um, with this event, um, you know, again, this theme of domestic violence, right, and just giving back to just the community for to empower women and Latina women specifically, right? Um, and then just giving back to an organization that I'm completely so passionate about and so... Um, just so just the mission means everything to me and so there's a, always a giving back com- component to the events that i that i do and so i would love to just have more support from the community just you know and support small business owners you know yeah. and so this event is going to be we're i'm hoping for almost 30 that's my goal so it's going to be bigger um and i'm really excited just to be able to just give these women a platform to be able to just grow their businesses and um connect with their audience just more personally and it's 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 a it's i'm very grateful just to be able to do so that's amazing well thank you thank you for sharing your story and um doing what you do and being a part of this community as well thank you so much thank you for the opportunity 